Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in. This is Kareem, and I wanted to take a quick moment before the show to just give the listeners a heads up. Because of the subject matter that we're discussing being outrage culture and in the context of debate, there are some powerful profanities and slanders in this episode. We particularly wanted to let those of you who may be riding in the car with kids who are listening to the podcast out loud in a work environment so that you have proper context. So uh, thank you so much for tuning in and we hope you enjoy the show. We need a crypto basic bet out of this. We can't go can't do the auction. Wait, 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 we've had bets in the past where you, where you, uh, I was going to say ejaculated from the bet, ejected from the bet. <laughs> What's up and welcome to the Crypto Basic Podcast. It's Brent Philbin and I'm here with Michael Lockie. Yo, yo, yo. Kareem Baruke. Hello. And nobody else. Not today. Welcome to our first roundtable. This is a new type of episode that we're going to throw out there. And I'm going to describe what it is and what we're going to do going forward. So basically, we were trying to look for a little bit of a new concept of an episode. The one-on-ones we were doing take a massive amount of research. So we were like really running into a wall as we were looking at these coins that are further down the market cap, right? They take a lot of research. They're harder to find the research as they become less and less in the top 20. So we we had this idea, this roundtable idea. We have no idea if this is what we're going to end up calling it. If you guys got better names, just tell me. But roundtable is what we came up with right now. The the Kareem's got his hand up. We're going to Kareem. <laughs> well, no, I just wanted to expand a little further on what you were saying. Even with newer coins, you know, ultimately, of course, we can do the research. But we're also... You know, doing three episodes a week, we're preparing the news stories for the flagships. We still have to do all the back end stuff. So it just starts getting a little overwhelming, especially if we're doing 101s, you know, consistently multiple a week and we've already blown through all the major projects. So the idea behind the roundtable was how can we still have, you know, that extra weekly episode and have a discussion about it where we get to exchange ideas, but without necessarily, you know, 10 hours or whatever of research to go with that episode on top of everything else. So when Brent says, if you have an idea for a different name, just keep in mind that the format we're looking for here is an opportunity to have some loose, laid back discussions on a specific topic and let them tangent, let them go wherever they may, um, you know, including guests in the future. Yeah, real quick. I also just wanted to add it. It's not so much that the research was going to end up being all that difficult is oftentimes the research ended up kind of hitting into a kind of a wall where a lot of it, a lot of the answers that we were going to provide from the research were wait and see, or we're going to see how this develops, or it's still early on in the project, so we can't judge them very much for X, Y, and Z. Obviously, that's not that beneficial to the listeners. It's not that beneficial to us to do the time. So we're going to try this out. Uh, I'm assuming the round table idea, the name came from Brent, not Kareem, because Brent and I prefer around whenever we can <laughs> that's at chubby crypto <laughs> so, yeah I, who knows what this name's gonna be the the end result is we're still gonna try to give one 101 per week it may be a coin it may be a concept some of some of those concepts may have even been better off at a round table style discussion because they were less crypto related i don't know but this is also where we intend to kind of have our guests so if we have if we have somebody who's not specific to a project, so let's say, you know, when we had Rob come on and he talks about Zencash, that wouldn't really qualify as a roundtable. That's 
that's Rob talking. But if we were to have somebody on the show and just they wanted to BS with a couple of us and talk about the space in general, this is going to be a good good spot for that. But to give you an idea of what we originally wanted the podcast to be, we wanted you to be able to come to this podcast and then go to our episode archive and find information on a coin that you're interested in. So we've done 36 uh, 101 episodes. I'm not sure how many of them exactly or no, those are all coins. So we've done 36 Coin 101 episodes. We've covered all of the top 20 coins except Tezos, which just got there. So we haven't touched that yet. And, you know, I, who knows what's going on with them? I don't. Yeah, that's a, that's going to be a really complex one to cover. Yeah. And, you know, whenever we get around to that, it's not going to be, you know, a small task. Yeah. So otherwise, we've covered all the top 20. We've covered a lot of random pet projects that we have or some that the community clamored for. So... We have a pretty good library there, and going down to possibly doing one of those a week or or another concept of some kind is hopefully going to make those more pointed and just better content for everybody. Uh, as far as what we're going to decide to put in those, it, we may just run the the model like CryptoCander does with having a poll and just and just having those be the ones that we go with. When she puts those polls up, the community gets really involved and gets excited, and she ends up doing a project that everybody cares about. We'll probably have those polls on Discord, so remember to join the Discord. Link's in the show notes, and we will handle it from there. If we don't get a ton of response, then we'll start doing it on Twitter, but I think our Discord's pretty active, so we can do it that way. Um, So yeah, so one other thing. Like I said, we have 36 coins that we've handled. A lot of times we don't talk about coin-specific news on the flagship. So we're going to try to cover some coin-specific news on only the coins that we've covered as 101s. So what I've done is I just made like a little aggregator on Reddit that is subscribed to only the subreddits of the coins that we've covered. Still no subreddit for Fcoin, but hey, whatever. And... And then I just look at that, and if there's any important news, we'll throw that on here. We'll talk about it. Sometimes, sometimes we won't. So that's that's pretty much it. And then we'll have a weekly topic, which will be either somewhat or very related to crypto, that we just share opinions on. Um, you know, this is gonna, there's going to be a lot of opinion in this episode, very similar to the flagship, but not not exactly. It'll be a little bit different. Anything, Dad, boys? <laughs> we didn't know you were transitioning there but no i think that more or less covers it i think it's uh like you said basic news on some of the coins and specifically we're going to dive into one topic and i think that some of the feedback that we got from the audience is that they do enjoy our interactions when we're actually able to delve deeper into a topic and disagree and i think that even on the flagship a lot of times we try to cut our conversation short, even if we have something to add, because, well, we have other stories and we're trying to keep it within a time limit. So this is really going to be an opportunity for us to dive in and then just keep diving in deeper, like whatever, you know, and listen, (laughs) we love arguing with each other just in regular life. So this might be fun to let the personalities come out even more. I'm definitely very excited for this format, and it, it fits our needs a little more, it fit, and I think it fits what the listeners are looking for, so hopefully it works out well. Yep, so if the structure, will, the news will of that we're bringing out about the coins will be first, so if you don't want to listen to us go back and forth for a while on some nonsense, you can end the episode there. Totally up to you. All right, speaking of news. Not recommended. <laughs> yeah, don't do, don't, well. Listen as long as you need to to count as a listen for our download. Brent's really good at making call like not not call to action. It's like guys, whatever you do, don't. 
we got to send positive messages out there. We're trying to work yeah. with everything. Well, give us a chance. Listen to the first one for sure. See what you think. <laughs> All right. So we, uh, I'm, I'm just going to jump right into some of the news pieces that I found um, the, that are about or loosely related to coins. This one probably we would have talked about on the flagship. I didn't find this. It was posted by Chicago Triple Zero. It's like Chicago, but like with an extra two zeros in the zero instead of the O. Thanks, Brett. We get it. It was. It's Chicago. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not overthinking. Chicago. Anyway, he's a Discord user. He posted this, or she, I guess. It, it was a link to Vitalik and Charles having an argument on Reddit, which is pretty cool. Charles who? Charles Hoskinson. Oh, okay. Wait, well, I can use Vitalik's only his first name, but not Charles? Come on. I think so. That seems reasonable. There's there's definitely more Charles than Vitalik. Yeah, I don't think that's <laughs> okay, close. I guess it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I, only posted, I only mentioned this because I didn't understand a single thing they were saying. <laughs> like, I read all of it, and I'm like, damn, I really want to have some insight on this, but nope, I got nothing. Because Vitalik had posted something publicly. Charles responded to it. Vitalik responded to that. Charles responded to that. Nobody called anybody any names. They clearly have respect for each other, and it was nice to watch two giants in an industry vehemently disagree on something I think they were disagreeing. I mean, based on what a, the context clues, I think they were disagreeing. Well, they were. We got to give a little bit more context than that. Specifically, it, it all started based on a post that was put in the Cardano subreddit based on Vitalik's comparison of Ouroboros and Casper. Ouroboros being the underlying protocol for Cardano and Casper being the protocol for Ethereum. Now, the technical details of what they're arguing against, like, for example, uh, you know, how efficient or, you know, how much Byzantine fault tolerance, you know, to the factor of pi square root of an imaginary number. I actually, I'll, and I'll Charles read. Comes Let in. me read off one of the things that they're arguing about. He, Vitalik says, Ouroboros, as I understand it, has an overhead of about one message per slot. Casper FFG has an overhead <laughs> of many messages per slot. Currently, N divided by 64 messages per slot with N validators. But the overhead of this is reduced by... About 10 to the second power to 10 to the third power due to signature aggregation. Duh. Right. See, that's what I was saying, but I thought it was to the fourth uh, right, power. So right. my mistake there. Right. We're not, we're not to the quantum I, powers yet. We're, we're working yeah, on that. Yeah, my bad, guys. <laughs> but here's here's the, I guess, the main gist of it and why Brent put it on here. Number one, they were strongly disagreeing and comparing their, pro their projects, right? But the point here is that they were doing it in a, in a civil way. Uh, having a rational discussion on a public forum. This is also something that's really cool about our day and age and is going to talk. Um, it's going to be part of our conversation a little bit later, but it's the fact that we can listen in on these conversations. I mean, let's be real. Like when in the world before Reddit and before Twitter and before the internet, when would you be able to listen to two major, let's call them CEOs, debate about the underlying merits of their project? You either have to be in some kind of a conference or in some kind of a boardroom, or you don't really get that option. But here, we get to just sit back and publicly see them exchange uh, you know, ideas. People are jumping in. They're comparing their projects. Um, and they're great projects. So you know, it's interesting. I just wish... We knew even more, so we could appreciate that discussion even yep. more. I, I'm sure one of them made better points than the other, but I don't know which one. So if uh, Mr. Hoskinson or Vitalik want to come on the show and discuss this even further, they're welcome to anytime. Yeah, for sure. You can <laughs> you can present your side all by yourself, whichever one of you come on the show. We, we, we are, won't even we argue. Are, well, well 
Guys, guys, I'll check our schedule. We'll, we'll see if we have an opening. <laughs> well, we already blew Charles off once. <laughs> All right. That, that's it. So guess what? There has been some more drama in the Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash domain. You're not going to believe this. Apparently, these people are very divisive, huh? So there's this guy named Cobra, or at least that's their username, and he maintains Bitcoin.org. Now, Bitcoin.com is Roger Veer, and it's now Bitcoin Cash, basically, right? And now he's got Bitcoin.org, and he made the mistake of publicly saying that he appreciates some of the aspects of Bitcoin Cash. Now, first of all, the CEO of uh, Bitmain, or no, sorry, not Bitmain, um, Blockstream, CEO of Blockstream went on Twitter and said, you mentioned that you like aspects of Bcash, but didn't call it Bcash. Like that thing where <laughs> you have to call it Bcash or else, you know, you're a scumbag Bitcoin Cash supporter. Like what? And and just kind of like went, you know, he it's been turned into memes and stuff already. Like it's he just said, eh, Bcash, man. And he went all pissy about it. And Cobra responded reasonably. He's like, you can't be so divisive about this. Like there are aspects of the Bitcoin Cash tech that are important, etc. Um, in response, two days later, uh, Bitcoin.org was removed as a web resource from BitcoinCore.org. So it basically this guy like didn't like that he didn't call it Bcash and was like, all right, you're not going to call it Bcash? You're off our website then. And he also tried to get him to turn over Bitcoin.org to him in a private conversation and again this is the bit this is the ceo of blockstream which is why when people see this, this is not the first time this guy has been publicly a douche so people are really worried about blockstream getting control over bitcoin with segwit and lightning because of guys like this i don't know it's it just more of their more of their back and forth bs and and if you're interested in a funny video, Doug Polk got yelled at by Roger uh, or Roger Ver like yelled about Doug Polk on some podcasts. We did a whole video about it, and in the end, he's like, "Look, Roger, you can come on my show if you want, but I'm gonna st I'm just gonna drop you the second you talk about Bitcoin Cash versus Bitcoin. I don't care about the the argument between the two. I you want to talk to me about the points I made? Fine, but anyway, it's pretty interesting. Honestly, like this, these stories keep coming around. I know I have a couple friends that are pretty solidly Bcash supporters, and I talk to them privately. I know Brent's in a couple of mutual group chats with me with some of those people, and I, I want to keep giving them the credit, but I just don't see why every time we cover this project, it's in a negative light. I just don't have the energy for it. Like, I, it's always Roger Ver, though. Yeah, like, yeah, we. It's like it. In fact, I'm saying that this is good. The, the the this is this is good for Bitcoin Cash because this guy is just being a douche, and the CEO of Blockstream is the opposite of Bitcoin Cash. So this is only this like as much as I I hate how I hate Roger Ver's way of handling things. This is here not a knock on Bitcoin Cash at all. It is a knock on Bitcoin Cash. It is a knock on Roger when he was talking about Doug, but the rest of this is not. So you're just you're just saying because the CEO of Blockstream is taking the very undesirable Bcash stance that we've discussed a lot, that you think that that's not a negative on Roger Ver, 
but I, I think I'm not what, really following. I think what Brent I think what Brent is saying is that this is reflective of the fact that many of the attitudes that we criticize somebody like Roger Ver for are found on the Bitcoin side as well. So what we're really looking at is just an equal level of tribalism and close-mindedness, which is not necessarily emblematic of Bitcoin Cash. It's just certain individuals who have a lot vested in those projects and are just willing to attack each other constantly over anything. They're not really interested in letting the technologies play out, if that makes sense. Yeah, the Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash is as divisive as Republican and Democrat. It is, and it is dogmatic on both sides. I don't understand why people can't just be like, they're two different projects that have their pluses and minuses. Right. And we've said from the beginning, like we recognize there are differences between the two. It's kind of technical, but the fact is they're two different projects. They happen to kind of share a name based on the design of one of the people. I just, I don't know. I, I just really hope that there's a day where we just can treat them as two different things and just like respect that they have different purposes and different things. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Here's the thing, too. I, I feel like a lot of this um, division or anger has come from one fundamental point, and it really is just about the part of the Bitcoin Cash community that after not getting the majority on a fork decided, well, we are the real Bitcoin, right? And that's led by Roger Ver because there's all kinds of Bitcoin forks. As a matter of fact, I would say that a disproportionate percentage of the space is ultimately a Bitcoin fork in some way. And there's not really that division with almost anything. So when we just look at the fact, well, does Bitcoin Cash have any kind of value? Yes, it does. Did they actually change anything? Yes, they did. All of the things that would make them a normal fork, like let's say, for example, Cash, or, Dash, I mean, yeah. uh, Dash or Pivx, right? So all of these are regular forks. So why such anger? Why such division? Pretty simple. Because this community or a portion of this community then try to say, not only are we a Bitcoin fork, we're not a fork at all. We are the real Bitcoin. Well, unfortunately, you can't do that because the majority of the community didn't go with you. So, But I think most people, with the exception of the Roger Ver extremists, do accept Bitcoin Cash as a separate thing and not the quote-unquote Bitcoin. Yeah. And and this guy, uh, Adam, uh, what, Adam, what was his name? Adam, no, black, it's not black, right? it's back. back. Yeah, that's right. I wrote back. black originally and then I was like, oh, wait, that doesn't, no. So, yeah, and this guy... It, now, he's responding to that, but he's responding to it in a really dumb way. He's like, well, you better call it Bcash or else. Yeah, so eh. anyway, the Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash drama is still alive and well for anybody who wasn't aware of that. Super. Yeah. Uh, got some IOTA news. And I, 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 I put this on here for a different reason than you're both thinking. The IOTA team and an Audi think tank, which was called some uh, like a German name that I wasn't able to pronounce. So I just put Audi think tank on here. Uh, had a ha, had a meeting about implementation in Berlin. Uh, imp they were in Berlin implementation of IOTA in their into their vehicles. Right. I, I see IOTA partnerships with different car manufacturers. All not partnerships. This is not a partnership. Uh, IOTA talking to different car manufacturers all the time. Like it's the, you see you know Chevy, Ford, everything. Like they. I I don't. I'm making Chevy and Ford up, but when I'm in subreddits, I've seen so many cars talk about being with iota that i've almost given up on on reading about them because it's so many which we love that as a use case for iota in the future but i also would like to put into perspective what these meetings or partnerships are because i didn't there's a picture in the notes here guys i want you to take a look at this picture i'm going to make it a little bigger real quick here so we can we can see it it's a really 
understand what I'm getting at here. So I know that the the listeners can't see this, but it'll be in the show notes. But there's a, there was a picture of this meeting. It is a group of about 10 people sitting on not chairs, but like little blocks, which they're using as chairs, in a giant empty warehouse with post-it notes all over these like th- what look like tables that they've stood up on their long end. So this is what the meeting is. It's a group of people putting post-it notes on tables. Now, I don't know if this is just like what tech meetings look like. I've always pictured them as not looking like this. Like people maybe have some tech that they take notes on. Uh, but this is like, this kind of blew my mind. This is being listed as big IOTA news. And it's really, it's literally people talking about something in a warehouse. All right. So I'm going to be critical here of your reasoning, you know, because really what matters here is who these people are and how much influence they have. Like if, if you found out that three of these people in this picture were somehow like big time baller executives or creative directors or anything like that, you would just be like, Oh my God, that's so cool. And it's like a California style brainstorm. I mean, is that like, what look, that is? California style? This way. I, dude, but here's, I don't know what you mean. Like if, if I told you that the most popular cartoon show in the world right now is Rick and Morty, and if we take a video of how they write, it's just a bunch of writers wearing t-shirts in a classroom with a dry eraser board taking notes. It's creative directors. So you can't really draw any information from that. Now, I agree with you that just because IOTA is making a big deal about this and they're using the name Audi, well, it's not even really Audi, right? It's a think tank. Is it a think tank sponsored by Audi? They have a relationship with it. How does it work? Look, all those points are fair. But to take a picture of it and be like, oh, well, there's no iPads. There's sticky notes. So it's probably not that big of a it's real just deal. It's funny to me. I think it's kind of a narrow-minded, it's a pretty narrow-minded way to, to draw conclusions from this meeting. Forget iPads. They need chairs. <laughs> like, I don't see anything don't. at all wrong with this. And uh, I was going to make very similar points that Kareem made. For one, everybody in this picture looks very engaged, which to me is like a really hard thing to do for what appears to be a group of all people under 40. Uh, the The standing tables, if that's what they are, have a ton of sticky notes on them, at least 30 or so they seem to be in some type of order they it just seems to be a lot of discussion going on i mean it but i i don't it doubt might that be there's a warehouse a it might not be like i don't know like it seems like it doesn't look it like a seems like a think image. tank <laughs> it's exactly what it seems but, like but mike nobody's wearing google glasses there's no ipads there's not a guy wearing a suit no listen um, i know th- how can we know how can we know that this is the real deal? That, no, Brent, I'm with you 100%. <laughs> I know that tech people will will very much often be very comfortable in their clothing. I'm not talking about that, but like it's just it is it is very funny to me that this this meeting was 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 hyped when like I said they didn't have chairs. This is, it's funny. Is this you better? Can look at the picture Brent, in your show I just note. have a question. Scroll down on the outline. Is this better? If it was like this, would you be like, oh, my God, this image is the, this means the real deal. Wow. This, there's a, there's there's a lot a of TV real board. serious people here. This guy. There's a chart. There's, yeah, there's a chart. Everybody's wearing a suit. Somebody can see this. Uh, <laughs> how can I? Yeah. So Kareem did do like a Google image search of the of like 
important meeting. You know what? And what everybody can search? see it now because hey, Kree, what exactly did you I, search to find this picture? I'm- I just did like high tech meeting, <laughs> and so so that so that Brent would be like, oh yeah, oh, this is uh, here you go. This is the future go, for sure. Everybody on video. Let me look at the video. Make sure. Okay, so this is what the meeting looked like. I'm just if if you're not on YouTube, but this is what the meeting looked like. Brent sad. Sticky notes. This is not good. Now this is what the new one looked like. Ah, oh, TV chart. Very smart people. All right. So now that we're done with that news story, <laughs> now that we're done with that one, let's move on to something significantly more poignant and important to the community. Did you notice the chairs of the one you looked at? They look really comfortable. They have chairs. They all have. They all have chairs. There's a table. There's actually a I mean, closed laptop. The there's, a, there's a phone that's off. There's multiple laptops. It's actually There's really m- annoying to have this guy has his phone out during the meeting. It's like <laughs> unbearable to me. Yeah, what a jerk. Uh, until you realize that he's uh, he's a creative director of some mm. sort. <laughs> Let's go back to the garage. <laughs> yeah. All right. Our final story. I think. Okay, Kareem. All right. There we go. Uh, is BitTorrent is now part of Tron. Now, I know we talked about this possibly being an acquisition, but that... Because Justin Sun was looking at buying them. I'm not sure 100% what this means for the project, but Justin Sun didn't buy them. Uh, it looks like the Tron Foundation did because the announcement on BitTorrent is that they were acquired by Tron. So they have been... I don't know the details behind it, but look, maybe... like There's an outside chance, and we said this on the episode. Maybe they raised enough money that they could bullshit their way into a project. Maybe. I don't know what... That's literally what we said at the time. Like they have so much money that they could. St- that was like one of our few pros when we covered Tron. Was well, they're loaded now, so they could actually buy something. Yeah, I mean, they could just <laughs> kind of like that EOS, money. right? Yeah, the, yeah uh, no, but they didn't do that. They're just gonna take the money. <laughs> well, that's my point, though. We can't just we can't really just lean on the argument. It's like, oh, they raised all this money. Let's hope that they back into a project. Yeah, yeah. well, other things have also raised a lot of money, and they're not really following through either. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't really consider that a big pro. It's I, not a I mean, pro. Now they have just they have just as much responsibility as EOS does to the community because of how much money they've raised. The stakes are so much higher on their end, in my opinion. Well, you guys are saying that it's not a pro that they bought BitTorrent. No, no I'm not sure if it's a pro or con that they bought BitTorrent because I don't know what this means for correct for the future. Right. It feels like a pro. It feels like they can use BitTorrent to kind of start to make some of the technology they pretended they already knew how to make. But uh, the point, like. Really, the more likely scenario was they would just kind of take the money and run and make it look like they were doing stuff. So maybe they've got another round of funding coming in the future. Who knows? But the <laughs> like it's it's inter- I don't want to call it a pro, but there is a possibility that one of these shit projects could be like, why don't we not be a shit project and hire people who know what they're talking about now that we have all this money? It could happen. Is Tron going to do it? I don't know. I mean, BitTorrent's that probably also in- was probably the original intention. It's probably, I'm Justin Sun. I'm this superstar in my own head. Let me raise all this money, and then we'll figure it out. Who knows? Well, yeah, I mean, that might have that probably was his original intention, and may still be. Intentions change once you get all that money, but he didn't present that as the intention. He didn't like make the white paper of, I'm really smart, so I'm going to hire the right people, all the best people. You made the white paper as we're going to change the world because we already had we already know how you know that's it. I don't know if this is good or bad. I just know that they did acquire Tron and we'll or uh, BitTorrent and because Tron's part of this ecosystem, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, this seems bad for BitTorrent and good for Tron. 
because BitTorrent's a real product and yeah, the, so between Bitcoin the two or the BitTorrent company has pretty like we said this on the that flagship I think that we covered it they pretty much always failed at everything though other than making the actual uh, BitTorrent itself they all their other projects have been losers so this is actually probably good for both because they weren't making any money by the way it was a hundred and twenty six million dollars cash yeah, well in Toronto cash <laughs> hopefully not in Toronto <laughs> In Tron tokens that you have to have locked up for the next three years, <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah, right. that bro. During the meeting, Justin Sun was probably like, "Okay, one hundred twenty-six million. and the guy's like, "Yeah, but not in Tron though, like money." And Justin's like, ah. "Okay." Deal. <laughs> and I would have got away with it too. If it wasn't uh, we thought we had him. We thought we had him. How about yeah. TRX tokens? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, no Tron tier. That, actually, yeah. <laughs> that news actually took longer to cover than I thought, but here we are. It's roundtable time. Now, I didn't even let Kareem and Mike know what this was going to be about until morning, until this morning. Uh, and I think that might even be like kind of what we're doing. Like this one, I came up with a topic. We're going to trade off who does the topic each week and comes up with it. Uh, and, and I think it's kind of fun that nobody saw this until the morning. So there has been some... In life, but there's been some specific to crypto, Twitter outrage. A lot of Twitter outrage culture from crypto and beyond. And I just want to have a little conversation about Twitter outrage, how it affects people, what it's doing, etc. All that. So, Does this really grind your gears, Brent? Listen. Does this grind your gears? Charles Hoskinson has quit Twitter. I mean, he's out, you know, uh, because he got attacked for a tweet that was... Like I roll at best a little bit obnoxious. Right, right. He he got tilted off of Twitter before. So just because somebody oh, I, says I didn't know that. Twitter, I didn't know that. Oh no, Kareem coming in with the. Uh, I I feel yeah. I feel like he's he's gone on a couple rants before. He's he's had one previous tilt where I very specifically remember him being like, you know what, that's it. I'm done with Twitter. Taking some time time off, and then like. A week later, he posted a picture of like a dog at the airport or some shit. So all right, save it yeah. for the hey, save it for the uh, uh, right, Charles Hoskins right. section. Hey, this is a this is a roundtable discussion, and that was my my turn. I at didn't the finish my table. intro. We're not round though. <laughs> all right, so Charles Hoskinson left Twitter because he got attacked for a tweet. For now, I guess Kareem's got some information for us. David Sansevo is constantly a jerk to people whenever they challenge him. The CEO of Blockstream used the racial slur Bcash. Uh, <laughs> the, the world wants Elon Musk fired from his job. Guardians of Galaxy 3 is going to suck because James Gunn got fired for tweets from 10 years ago. And we already mentioned the outcome of that, twi- that Twitter spat with the CEO of Blockstream. Uh, I wrote that twice. Anyway, that's, that's, the, that's what we're going to cover here. All right. So I know Brett really well. The only reason that this is a thing is the last part about James Gunn and Guardians of the Galaxy 3. The rest of this is completely irrelevant to Brent. Not close. Uh, (laughs) Even the crypto stuff. He literally doesn't care about Charles Hoskinson as much as he probably cares about James Gunn, who is a person I literally have no idea who it is. I've never even heard of him. I've known of this story. I've heard of this story a few times. But (laughs) Brent, tell tell me I'm wrong. Uh, no, I, I I am really upset about the Guardians of the Galaxy thing. Uh, the the impetus on this was actually was was definitely the fact that this all came in like the, the same week. I've uh, like I've privately talked with Kareem about Elon and Charles, and you know like there's just anyway we're gonna we'll get we'll get into the specifics here and we'll do a little breakdown. So 
Okay, but hold on a second. Before we get into specifics, let's let's establish some like general frameworks and we could then exploit the individual stories. Because how do you guys feel about this? Let's say big picture, without getting into the individual details. And I like for example, I'll accept that sometimes the pendulum swings too far. But in a vacuum, should somebody in some scenarios lose their position or their job or their influence based on something that they said in a social media platform? Do we even like, let's just take that question in a vacuum. My answer to that in a vacuum is um, I think they should be held more responsible for the current time and place at which the comments were made. What I don't like is, for example, like an athlete that they're trying to get in the NFL draft or the NBA draft. And like people go look at their tweets from like, I don't know, junior year of high school. I think that's significantly less of a big deal than other people that are in prominent positions that are their influence is current and direct and, and immediate. I think they have significantly more at stake and I think they should be a lot more responsible. Yeah, I, I think the answer is there are some scenarios where what you do publicly should get you uh, consequences. And there are like some of the stuff that somebody might say, like Mike said, especially if it's more current, uh, is is important. Now, I didn't I didn't write her in here, uh, but Roseanne is an example of somebody that absolutely should have had consequences for what she said. Uh, you did write it in. That was your last bullet point. I expended it. Oh, uh, no. So what happened last night is I wrote it and I was like, <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to include that. And then I forgot to delete the, the, the Roseanne. <laughs> No, no, no. Okay, okay. Uh, hold on a second. Quick timeout, guys. I just want to, since this is a free flow style, I, I want to show how Brent structures things in a biased way. He had already reached a conclusion for today's commentary that it was all out of line. He could only think of one example where it was justified, and he was like, you know what? That shouldn't be in the episode at all. <laughs> no. Let me just think of the three unjustified outrages and, and very specically censor out the one that I feel was no, justified. I was but continue planning on talking with your about biased it. reporting. I was always planning on talking about it. I didn't think it required its own section because I didn't think there was any discussion to be had. I think that that what she what she did was very. I clear. don't know what she did. Uh, what did she do? Her she she put out a tweet where she said that um, one of the Obama-era... Val uh, Valerie Jarrett, who is, uh, who is an American, but, I mean, she was born in Iran because her dad was doing, like, a Doctors Without Borders type of thing in Iran. And she said, she's, like, half black, she said that she was a mixture of Planet of the Apes and the Islamic Brotherhood. Yeah. She tweeted that out. This black woman born in Iran is a mixture of, like, if Planet of the Apes and the Islamic Brotherhood had a baby. So pretty... Pretty freaking racist. Just, just straight well, up. I'm, like, I'm almost impressed. Like I, like when I look at Roseanne, I'm like, wow, she's probably a racist piece of shit. But when you say that, that's like, that's even more extreme than I expected. There's more yeah. to it. And then, by the way, yeah, in a recent interview where she, they like, she finally had an interview because obviously, guess where she's taking her talents? What, what is the only place in TV where you can be a racist and it's a plus? Fox News. Oh, good guess. She's going to be working with Fox News. And sorry if that offends you listeners, but then how the hell did Mike guess what that location was going to be? So <laughs> in, a recent, in, in a recent interview, she's, uh, she said that she was like mortified after the comments came out because she was in Hawaii where her mom lives. And she's like, imagine being considered a racist in an island full of brown people. <laughs> I didn't even get, I didn't get that far. By the way, like 
only 10% of like Hawaii's population or something is Samoan. Most of most of the people in Hawaii are just like white or no, Asian. It's actually mostly but, Asian. You know, whatever. They're, they're over 50%. Yeah. So anyway, it was super, it was pretty racist. Like, and but sorry, I have to add this one last point. The reboot of Roseanne, uh, this according to her, was in a way an attempt to show people that Trump supporters aren't necessarily racists. She said that before this whole thing came out. Like, in the show, she was going to be a Trump supporter to show you could be a Trump supporter without being a racist, which I thought was great until it came out that she was a public racist. <laughs> yeah, uh, to, to be clear, I, I agree that Trump supporter does not equal racist. That is, that's a, that's a thing. But hers, so let's take everything into context so why I think we can all agree that this particular tweet this particular person, absolutely, when we're talking about some of these should require some consequences. It was racially charged. The show is called Roseanne, so she is the main reason for the show. The show was actively trying to prove that racism was not a part of her life. And it was also, like, wrong. She just, like, said somebody was, like, part of the Muslim Brotherhood when they're not. So there was a lot of stuff going on there, all actively coming out and... Yes, this is something that if you go public with this shit, whether you say it or whether you tweet it, you should – like if she said this in a, com- a stand-up comedy show, like if she was giving a comedy show, much like uh, Kramer. I can't remember what that guy's name is. But like you can say – you can make racial jokes, but then when you go like over the top and start attacking people uh, for no reason, then you're going to end up – you're going to end up not being hired. You're going to end up not really working in Hollywood anymore. And again, so I'm – I'm so totally happy with this consequence with her. Although she's getting a job at Fox News, apparently. I didn't know that. Yeah, and a couple other things. Number one, which some people didn't seem to understand, is that she's on a major network, right? And obviously, they also have black listeners. And it wasn't just racist because of the Islamic Brotherhood comment, which is Islamophobic. She wasn't even necessarily... But also the Planet of the Ape comment. Oh, yeah. I, think, I, I thought, thought that was way worse. A mega, mega racist comment to, to be saying here in the U.S. And... I, one of the things that you mentioned, Brent, was comedy. And actually, one of the points that I was going to make about this conversation is I actually really hate it when people overly scrutinize comedy. Because look, comedy is comedy, right? If people can make jokes about the Holocaust, there is no subject that you can make a joke of that's out of line. Like, if, if comedians are allowed to laugh about that, then I'm sorry. Yes, some people are going to make jokes about priests and pedophilia, and they're going to make jokes about rape, and, but they're jokes. But oftentimes, the joke should be structured in such a way that it, like, it, pu- it puts a magnifying glass on this stereotype, you know? But here, what point is Roseanne making? Is she making any kind of social construct? Like, what is the quote-unquote joke here? Nothing. She just took... A black woman who was born in Iran and said she's half Muslim Brotherhood, half Planet of the Apes. Where's the joke? Oh, you're just racist. Okay. Well, now we know you're racist and we get to have a response. So, Kareem, I know you'll really appreciate this. and I'm hoping you haven't seen this, but um, I went and I was doing like I, I have Hulu and I was like just browsing and I haven't really found much that I like to watch on there. But I found this thing called it was Sarah Silverman and I really forget the full title, but it had her name in the title and it had some other something about America. And the entire show is like her doing different things and just like meeting unique people. And like one of the episodes was she went to Alabama and spent an entire day with a family that was like 
pure pro-Trump and like really was just like or the point was like I'm just trying to understand these people I don't understand anything about their lives what got them here what and I and I wanted she wanted to basically bring you know real discussion to this to the topic and like looking back and watching the episode I believe that there's a chance that she it was edited in a biased way but at the same time it came off as just like really unbearable and really difficult and like the thing that we're trying to do with current politics is like wake people up and realize that like the habits that we've formed over the you know 1900s and obviously significantly before that are massively flawed people are really have some some poor training and life advice that really needs to be adjusted and i don't really see how this plays out in a positive way it's just so difficult to change people that have lived their lives a certain way for so long all right i'm going to try to put a stop to the to the roseanne thing because we've gotten way off of even crypto topic i even when i was considering putting it in the episode i knew we would like go on it for a while so put it at the bottom let's close this up by saying we all 100 percent agree that she should be let go for this right and that that she's exemplifying that racism is still a problem and we're gonna see it so the rest of these i don't think are as easy to decide what is going on how should this backlash happen and for the most part I'm going to say that I'm going to disagree with these, but you guys will each have your own little thought on this. So back to crypto, back to Charles Hoskinson. What did he do, right? Charles tweeted to MetaMask when they were having their MetaMask fiasco when it got pulled down from the Google store, right? And we talked about that on the flagship, but the quick version is there was a scam version of MetaMask up and the real one got taken down because Google screwed up and took down the wrong one, right? That's what we were told. I don't – who knows if that was what really happened. So he tweeted at them and said, hey, uh, PM me. That's all he said. And they responded with, you can go to the support email. So number one, I would that would tilt the shit out of me if I wasn't Charles Hoskinson because I hate emailing support. But yes. I was going to wait till you were finished. Uh, the, the real main point that comes to mind here is like, number one, I have no idea what the corporate structure of MetaMask LLC looks like. I have no. Do they have people that their job is to monitor the direct messages on Twitter? I would have guessed not. That's probably not somebody's job. They probably have somebody that their job is to handle whatever emails come in. To me, this seems like really, really basic and like not a big deal. Well, every big company does have somebody that handles Twitter direct messages. Like that, that's almost a new way of support these days. Um, so so the, the person who is very likely just like some intern, right, responded uh, – to with the email with the corporate email or the support email and then charles said you're telling the ceo of iohk the founder of cardano and ethereum to use support email i just wanted to ask about the chrome delisting so this is what everybody jumps up has jumped down on him for they have basically twitter went ballistic because he was basically just being like arrogant here and he's like do you know who i am i'm the juggernaut bitch and like is basically saying, <laughs> how can you tell me to go to the support email? Which is right. This is 100% arrogant. Also, he wrote it in such a way that he's like, these are this is me. You're telling me I need to go to support, hoping that he doesn't have to go to support. And he would like them to be this intern to realize who he is and be like, oh, shit. Okay, maybe I should tell somebody like this guy wants to talk. So before we get into the pros and cons, I will say that the memes about this have been amazing. Uh, there is, <laughs> you guys don't watch Game of Thrones, so you're probably looking at this like, what is that? 
but I knew for sure that was a Game of Thrones yeah, thing, even though I have no idea who the character there, is. There is a Charles Hoskinson's face over top of Daenerys, and it says, you're telling the CEO of IOHK, the founder of Cardano and Ethereum, first of her name, the unburnt queen of the Andals, and the first men, Khaleesi of the Great Gra- Glass Sea, breaker of chains and mother of dragons, to use the support email? <laughs> and it's in the show, she like when she is announced as who she is, that there's like a long list of things that she is every time and it's really and so it's funny when these i don't know it's really good so most most of our listeners are reasonable people and they've seen game of thrones so they get it they think it's funny but yeah i mean game of thrones is probably awesome if i want to do invest 50 hours to start enjoying a show yeah well you start enjoying it in the first hour not gonna lie uh the actually no probably the second hour on game of thrones because that first episode's a little confusing um the end result is I've gotten through at least six episodes twice, and I just can't keep. It oh, up. you're not going to like it. It's for smart people. It's fine. Uh, the Fair enough. <laughs> the can't argue really. <laughs> the end result of this is the Twitter mob attacks Charles, like goes crazy, like oh my god, you're like you're an asshole. Like how could you say this? Like you're just a person. Blah blah blah. To the point where he was just like, all right, I'm done tweeting. Like I'm, I'll post videos, uh, updates on here about Cardano. I am not tweeting anymore, which I think directly affected us getting that Reddit post that we talked about earlier. But what do we think? Does Charles deserve the outrage? All right. So this is going to be a theme for me, which is I think you have to differentiate between there being genuine, massive outrage and the fact that there is somewhat of an outrage. We just live in a day and a time where small minorities can make their voices heard very loudly. So just because there is a response doesn't mean that it's like representative of the entire even Twitter culture. But so let's I'm take talking this about one, for specifically example. outrage culture the, for the for this entire thing. Yeah, but I, I, I understand, Brent, but part of the argument is always part of the spectrum here because somebody's always going to be outraged. Right. So the question is, every single time that somebody makes a statement and somebody's outraged, is that person's outraged worth a point of discussion? These are only points of discussion if the outrage is significant enough that it gets to start things happening. So, for example, Roseanne lost her job. And in the case of James Gunn, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, he actually lost a major job. So now we're talking about outrage creating a massive amount of action. Here's the thing with Charles. Number one, everybody here knows I'm a huge Charles fan, but... He did choose to respond in a way which is, at the minimum, a high-variance response because of all the reasons that we discussed. This could have been uh, a silly intern that didn't know who Charles was and just said, hey, just reach us to support email. He's just going through a bunch of them. Another option, maybe somebody knew that it was Charles and they're like, hey, go ahead and email us through support. We'll take this kind of like off of Twitter. And maybe they, that moment called their support. Hey, be on the lookout for a message from from Charles Huskinson. And before that message came in, Charles is on Twitter saying like, I am Charles. Are you kidding me? So listen, is Charles justified in his response? Is Charles the CEO of, of Cardano, the founder of, of Ethereum? If the I was running name. that account, would I reach out to him? Right. The answer is yes. But you cannot be surprised that some people react negatively. Just like some people think LeBron James is arrogant. Yeah, no shit. He's the best basketball player on the planet. <laughs> he makes like tens of millions of dollars because he's the best at what he does. So, you know, yes. It's funny as I wouldn't even say LeBron's arrogant at all. <laughs> a lot. I understand like compared to a lot of people, he's not like compared to Michael Jordan. He's not right. right. But that's not really the point that I'm 
making. The point that I'm making is like, of course, that some people are going to react to that statement. You can't say it's a humble statement. It is a slightly high variance statement where he's saying, I'm a big deal and I shouldn't have to go through the normal channels. So I would actually say that being outraged that a percentage of people are outraged over this is kind of outrage culture. <laughs> like you are being outraged by something that's totally normal. No, Well, I don't think it should be normal. I don't think that outrage culture should be allowed to affect should be allowed to affect things just because a group of people are outraged. Now, I will tell you that looking at his comments, it was like it was overwhelming what he was responding to. It, there are very few people came to his defense and they were because it is somewhat indefensible. He's being arrogant, right? Like, so how much are you going to attack somebody for a slightly arrogant statement for the like? It, but you're confusing volume like Brent. He's on Twitter and he has tens of thousands of followers and many people by the way he's also in a competitive zero-sum market where a lot of people see him as a direct threat because he's competing against the project that they like so a bunch of people responded to his twitter because guess what he's charles huskinson that's like saying donald trump is dealing with a lot of outrage culture because people responded negatively to something he said on twitter I guarantee you any of his retarded tweets have more responses than Charles Hoskins. Yeah, Hoskinson's okay, that's did. true. And, I'm just talking about And there's probably a lot more ridiculous things included. Right. So we're in a platform where millions of people get to directly participate, and anything that comes to their mind, they get to immediately say. Charles Huskinson said something which, by your own account, is indefensible, and therefore tens of thousands of people's game shit over it. His response was he got so annoyed, he's like, I'm not going to come back on Twitter. So he got outraged, they got outraged, and you got outraged that they got outraged. Sounds like everybody's just being a normal person. And to try to make a thing out of this is just like counter to basic human nature. So I pretty strongly feel like this is something that I hope he learns from. I hope this is something that he says himself like, man, I had a point. But I just delivered it in a really poor way because I, I, I really don't think this is defensible. Like there's I mean, imagine if this were not on Twitter, this was in the workplace. Like imagine somebody were just telling him, you know, oh, I'm not going to go get your coffee for you. You can go get it yourself. And he just like freaks out over it. I don't know. Like every CEO me, ever. <laughs> Steve well, Jobs was an that's actually, That's this, a bad example because he's also probably paying those people. this was David Sustenbo. I think that you would think that the outrage is he's just bringing it up on himself. There's David Sussenbo sure, being an asshole. But it's if his he had ninth been like, or tenth I'm time. I'm the iota guy. Or, or you know, once you've done it a hundred times, then you're talking about a person being an asshole rather than okay. a person being frustrated and tweeting, which is different. Right, Brent. But now look at the context. You're basically saying that the Twitter community should have the same historical context of their behavior that you do when you host a cryptocurrency podcast and you've done literally dozens of episodes where you've covered their behavior. You're saying that everybody should have that kind of clarity when responding to this one isolated comment, which they obviously don't. So why are we surprised that an indefensible comment is getting shit on by the community? My my issue is with with the shitting itself. Despite the fact that I disagree with the way David handles himself, I've never like gone on a Twitter tirade about him. I mean, given we've talked about the way he handles himself, but again, that is that's the pattern of handling himself. If Charles starts making a bunch of arrogant tweets all the time, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Charles is arrogant. The issue that I have is taking the one thing somebody does and just going bananas with it, which is what I do not think that outrage culture is okay. When people are just going bananas with like a really small thing and your argument is that that's nah, fine because it's normal. Like people should do that. No, th- 
to be very clear, the argument that I'm making is that outrage culture in part, we're really talking about a spectrum. Like saying people shouldn't be outraged as this is kind of silly because the reason you don't do that is because you're just not the kind of person that's going to go in and give a bunch of Twitter feedback. But what I'm saying is Charles made a comment in a platform where everybody can put in their two cents and a bunch of people put in their two cents and it was negative and then nothing happened. He quit. So what he says he quit. So if anything, why aren't you criticizing his outrage? Like why like we could argue that Charles is demonstrating the same level of outrage to the response of his tweet that all the people that tweeted respond. Like this is just super basic stuff. Somebody said something in a public forum, it was indefensible by your own account and a bunch of people reacted negatively. Now the James Gunn thing is a little bit different, but this one right here Again, I don't even see it. What are you saying? That nobody should respond negatively to Charles's uh, negative comment that can be interpreted negatively? Like, are you saying it even that the everybody majority should? of the Twitter community? Okay, no. then I'm not saying that I'm nobody saying, should. I'm saying that the response is within the normal spectrum based on his comment. I think that the fact he's that he's dealing the normal spectrum with the is social wrong. ramifications, he's dealing with the social ramifications of coming off arrogant in a public right. forum. That's what and, happened. And he decided to be arrogant in a public forum, and people reacted negatively. Can, can you read that tweet in a way that is not arrogant? Yeah, you're missing the point, though. You're saying that this is reflective of a hypersensitivity of the community and that it is unjustified, when, in my opinion, the second that that comment was made, in most human cultures, you could just be like, a bunch of people are going to be annoyed, and they're going to give them shit for it. And that's what happened. And nothing happened. It's not like people are demanding that he be removed from IOHK. That would be insane. Brent, real quick. Kareem said um, he made a comment along the lines of Charles made a, made a comment. And do you think that people shouldn't come in and respond negatively, negatively if they view it as negative? Or what exactly would you have liked to have seen different in this situation? That's what I'm failing to hear. I, not what they like. I should have, I guess, if we were going to specifically talk about how they were how they were negative, I would have put a bunch of the actual responses. Well, I'm sure they were, I'm sure they were gruesome and, and ridiculous. Yeah. There's no reason to go down that path. It's real easy to say, yo, you're you're being arrogant without like, wow, what is wrong with you? How could you possibly be like this? And it, it, there's there's a couple of different ways you can handle it. So specifically the outrage of and there were people saying that he should step down, but those are probably just people who like yeah, well, I'm sure there are people that said he should kill himself too, but yeah. like I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. Well, still, they shouldn't be saying that. So the but they're going to. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> you were like, Brent, like, like, welcome to the welcome to the internet, Brent. People are saying. I don't like, understand. Have you ever have you ever checked out the YouTube comment section of like almost any video? Uh, yeah, and look, ours, I'll, I'll make like this two. observation. Yeah, okay, I'm talking about people who are popular. Like, look, I've heard, for example, female YouTubers complain about how many of their videos are just filled with all kinds of sexual innuendos or things that are pretty uncomfortable that females have to deal with that we don't. And I feel like, just because I know your views, so I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but I feel like for the most part, your response to that would be like, dude, it's YouTube, the comment section is a shit show, ignore it, you know, focus on the on the comments that are actually engaging with you. And I would say you're 100% right, Brent, because if you're going to come into YouTube and be offended anytime people say something offensive when they're being anonymous, you're going to be miserable. So if Charles is going to say something arrogant and then get a bunch of anonymous people to be like, you suck and you should quit, and then we're supposed to sit around and be like, wow, what an unfair response. Just like, uh, this culture is just so difficult to navigate in. Outrageous. 
I'm yeah. outraged so that they're outraged. Charles is that's what this I put feels them like in this order in in for a reason. But Charles is the one who didn't have any real consequences other than the ones he wrought on himself. Uh, he decided right. he's not going to be on Twitter, and the way he wrote about not being on Twitter was very good. I don't remember the like he wrote a two part tweet that is like, "Wow, like I forget like how negative people are when you slip up." Like I I don't need this in I don't need this in my life, so I'm going to switch to just using Twitter as a periscope which i don't think he meant like periscope video i think he meant like looking from underground and like looking up and he's gonna switch i don't to know that. i think he puts a lot of videos of his dog if i remember right i think he meant periscope yeah but that's in fine. the context i don't i i you'd have to read it but i think you would agree with me i don't we don't we could pull it up but i, d- I think you're I trying too it. hard Brett. <laughs> um and he also said he was gonna do video updates which is periscope so i don't know i don't whatever the point the point is he said i'm taking a step back because this is this is hurting me this is causing my problems but uh so there Mostly, I'm happy that we got the memes out of it. I'm unhappy that Charles is no longer on Twitter because he was the only one I had notifications turned on for, although he did post a lot of, like, cat pictures. How long before you think Charles starts Oh, do we have a crypto basic bet? I'm just, I'm just saying, like, it. trust me. Like, he's, he's a human being as well. And here's what happened. He made a comment which he thought was justified. I kind of agree with him. I think he made a slight error in image. He's huge. You don't get to be that arrogant and not experience a reaction. And it was annoying. And his phone was blown up with negative shit. And he's like, I'm done with this. And in three weeks or a month or two months, when he has something to communicate to the community, this is going to be gone. And he's just going to be more careful. And nothing happened except a learning experience for everybody. I'll take the under on one year. For the course. I'll take the under on 11 months. I'll take the under on six months. I'll take the under on five months. What, by the way, what are we betting on here? Any tweet? No, no, not any non- original tweet. He not said a he's going to throw. How about he this? said he's going to throw up any tweet that's not an update on Cardano yeah, itself or a video. Like he said, he was going to put the video updates. So any non Cardano specific, like clearly on the CEO of Cardano tweet. I'll take the under on four months. Under on three months. Let's let's oh, move sound, to days. Sounds like, let's move to days. Sounds like you don't think. By the way, listen. Sounds like you didn't think it was that big of a deal. You you think he's going to be back in less than sixty days? That's like less than a Twitter ban. Sorry. So clearly, I'll take. That's my point. Wait, though he's not even going to be bet? gone for a while. Well, you guys haven't established what you're betting. Yeah. Well, it's a crypto basic bet. There's whatever. They're like, we'll we'll do like humiliations or something when people lose. But we've got like two or three of them now. I'm doing it a lot and thinks like Chinese auction style and you're like interrupting the auction in the middle of it to yell at me. <laughs> I currently have the under yeah, on three months. Would you, would you like to accept my bet? I'll take the under on 60, 70 days. I'll, I will take the under on 55 days. All right, pause, I'll pause, take- pause. Uh, Middleman required duties coming in here. This episode is being released on which day? Monday? The- okay, no, no here's Wednesday. the thing. I'm ejecting from this bet because I feel like the point has been proven. My main point was that we didn't even lose Charles at all. And now Brent's bidding is showing that he feels the same way. Once money's on the line, he doesn't think that like Charles actually left Twitter for any significant amount of time. So let's move on to Elon Musk. I'm not even interested in this bet because I feel like I already proved my point. Well, Thank you, Brent. Well, I think we should finish the bet. <laughs> you, you just, what are you taking the under on? I, what? I don't care about this bet. I was trying to prove a point. Yeah. But- I thought... Based on your comments, I thought that you thought Charles was going to be gone for a while. If we're going to be betting on like how many hours and how many minutes, and we're close to the same we're not page, on the same page. I'm we just need to make a bet. bet. I would have taken any of these, <laughs> but, but we're down on we're down at uh, we're, what was yours? Forty five. Ooh, days? that's a good point. He's using he's using game theory to 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 bid you down to try to get you a worse price, even though he thinks 
that the number is significantly higher than what he's bidding, but he's also revealing his hand right now. Why would he do that? Yeah, to keep me to keep going lower because I don't think it's going to be that long at all. All right, so can we bet on so the what are you going to do about days? it? I'll take the over on the forty-five days. I thought your last bet was fifty-five. It was. You said forty something, and then you quit, and then started yelling at me. <laughs> All right. Yes, I already quit this bet. So you should accept. We need a crypto basic bet out of this. We can't go can't do the auction. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We've had bets in the past where you where you uh, I was going to say ejaculated from the bet, ejected from the bet. <laughs> <laughs> you you've already ejected from bets in the past. Stupid Spanish. <laughs> Come on, let's move wow. on with the, yep. with the subject. So once, once humiliation is on the line, Kareem doesn't want to join. Doesn't want to make the bet. All right, I get it. That's fine. We're going to move on. Kareem, back down. Remember, in our Game Theory episode, we talked about it. Sometimes if you put something on the line, people will back down, and that's what just happened here. All right, we're talking about Elon Musk. We're, talk- <laughs> we're, we're talking about Elon Musk. So here's what happened with Elon. This is significantly more outrage was, uh, was achieved via this. Uh, although so far, no consequences. So basically, Elon showed up for that Thai uh, soccer team that was stuck in the caves, right? They th- that was a huge news story in the United States. I don't know how it was outside. I assume it was kind of worldwide. Everybody got behind never, these. Never kids heard of it. You didn't hear this? No. For for those that for those that are listening that might not have heard this story, Brent, what happened? <laughs> the wait, is that you? <laughs> so basically, these twelve kids were stuck. Inside of a cave, they went in there to like do some sort of initiation with their coach, and the floodwaters filled the caves to the point where they couldn't get out. So they were stuck there for days without food and water. And there was a whole rescue attempt that was multi uh, multinational, and everybody was coming together trying to help these guys. Elon Musk said he could build a personal submarine device that he could use to get the kids out of there, and then he showed up and tried to like help. So a lot of people gave him like props. They're like, wow, he actually like went there at the time. So afterwards, there was this guy that went on Twitter. I don't remember what his name was, but he went on there and he was like, yeah, you just showed up as a PR stunt. Probably true. Like you don't do things when you own companies as not PR, like as we're, as we're seeing. So he showed up as a PR stunt. The guy like kind of just attacks him and Elon just loses it. And he's like, oh yeah. And he's like, you, you probably, you weren't even there. I never even saw you. And he like goes on, on these tweets, but the final thing that he says that causes the problem is he's saying like he can prove that his submarine could have done the job. And he says, you know what? Don't bother showing us a video. We'll make one of the mini sub going all the way to Cape 5. No problemo. Kareem, he even used some Spanish for you. Uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, pedo guy. You really did ask for it. So he calls him pedo guy with obviously no reason to believe whether this guy's a pedo or not other than he's an American living in Thailand. So he's making an assumption that that's, there's something going on there. Um, or he's just substituting pedo for douchebag because this is how he talks. I don't know. Uh, people kind of freaked out. They're like, what the fuck? You can't say that about a guy if he's not a pedophile. And then he said, I bet you a signed dollar it's true. Is that a thing that he does? Like, give people signed dollars and it's like... It sounds like the kind of bet Mike would be in. I love this. <laughs> yeah. My, for I the got listeners, signed money all over my fridge. Mike has a fridge with approximately $600. Unless you've taken down some of those hundred dollars, Kareem, bills. how much? How much do you think is really on the fridge? Like twelve dollars? I don't know. 
Oh, you, you no. It, if, have you taken down the hundreds? absolute peak was less than four hundred. It was probably three eighty. Okay, sorry, peak. I didn't know there were hundreds. I didn't know there, there were, were there involved. were two hundreds at one point, but those are no longer. Okay, there. so there were two hundred dollar bills and like eighteen other bills ranging from twenty to one. So I did I I over underestimated the hundred dollar bills by two. But yeah, Mike's has a, when you know what's interesting. I actually don't feel comfortable telling the story about why Brent's on my French side. <laughs> yeah, I don't no, feel. We're comfortable not going to talk about why I'm on there. I don't need any outrage culture against me. <laughs> oh wait, 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 wait! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Though, I, I will say real quick that it just shows how uh, how much more value you guys place on the ego because the idea of doing a bet for a signed one hundred dollar bill, I would be like, that's a waste of ninety nine dollars. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Like, yeah, but it's just sign a dollar bill, and I'm gonna spend the other. <laughs> There's some trophies that have so much more value than others. Yeah, I just feel like you could fit a signature in a dollar bill. That's <laughs> <laughs> mine was like mine was a twenty. There was whatever. No, actually, Brent's Brent's on there twice, and the other one involves uh, Brent being blackout drunk in Vegas playing uh, an arcade machine mini golf against me. Oh yeah, and. <laughs> That mini golf machine was ridiculous. There's like walls would pop up out of nowhere. It was nuts. Ugh, all right. It was like the Happy Gilmore putt putt course, but on a on an arcade game. Yeah. Don't play that game. That game stinks. All right. So it was awesome. End result is he says he bet a signed dollar. Um, the outrage got to the point where people were calling for a vote to have him removed uh, as I think he's CEO of Tesla, right? Like that's. The they wanted to have the the board vote to remove him. I can't. I don't know if he's chairman or CEO. I can't remember. But the uh, there was a call to have him removed from the board. And ironically enough, Charles tweeted about that. Um, and it went so far as to one of the VC investors in Tesla wrote like this public letter saying you need to apologize or whatever. So Kareem, what do we think? You brought this one to my attention originally. So what do we think? Well, I mean, this one I think is a little bit different than the Charles one. Uh, and the main reason for me is that I do think that somebody like Elon Musk wields a lot of power, right? And we can't pretend like having a huge following on social media isn't a tool of power. It does make you very powerful. It makes you more money. It gives you more influence. It gets your ideas out there. So I do think that Elon Musk should suffer consequences for essentially doing lie, like just uh, defamation, if you just use your platform to call somebody else a pedophile when they're not a pedophile, that's extremely offensive, right? Because just put yourself in this situation where for whatever reason, you're in an argument with somebody that has 10 million followers and they just throw something random like, oh, well, this person's a pedophile. You know how long, even if you can prove that you're not, you know how long that could ruin your life for? You know how many people will randomly think that this person maybe was or was not? So look, what I said to James, uh, what I said to Brent at the time was, number one, yes, I do think that there should be some consequences. That doesn't mean I feel like he should be fired as CEO of Tesla Motors, but that doesn't mean that I don't think he should experience social consequences. There should be retaliatory feedback. Like He should feel a whiplash from society saying you don't get to use your power like that. You don't just get to point at somebody, say pedophile with no evidence, no proof because they annoyed you. So as far as like the actual cave thing, was it a PR thing for Elon? Maybe, uh, you know, do I think that the, the, this guy in particular was probably being a little immature and just making Elon look bad or, or a little unfair? Yeah, I do. 
But I think Elon's platform is too powerful for him to just be able to throw shit like that around without consequences. So I want to point out, he said pedo guy, not pedophile. Would how uh, see I don't like I don't like how would you games. feel if it was douchebag? Way different. I don't think it has the same connotation. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't even be in our radar. So it's, when yeah. when I re, I understand it wouldn't have caught like it probably would have caused something. But like the the reason I mentioned that is because I feel like that's what he was doing. How so? I don't get that impression at all. I think that he was just trying to call the guy a name, uh, and that's what po- he probably uses that term when he's talking to people all the time. And he uses this to. I completely disagree. Brent, Brent, what a ridiculous I, assumption no, like, to make. It's not. A, it's not. Like, why is okay, that ridiculous? It is a ridiculous. Here's Wait, a, here's stop. why it's a ridiculous. You use the term retarded because, in this episode, like at least once. Yes, that we is are, one of we, that is one of the things that people have used as outrage in the past. There's better descriptors. That You're is, using it because we're. Brent, I, let me finish. That's a fair let me point. We're using it. You're using it because we're in a con- we're in a thing where we're just talking stream of consciousness. It's not a word you should be using, but you used it because you wanted to say something was stupid, and that's what came out of your mouth. Sure, you don't deserve backlash because you talked about it like that. Uh, now okay. he's in a different position. You're not powerful, but if he had substituted pedo guy with asshole, we would be in a different scenario. Okay, so a couple of things right off the bat. Number one, you can't do this thing where you just switch around words and you're always like, oh, well, if it would have been this word, it would have been fine. Number one, pedophile has a much more negative consequence in our society than asshole or douchebag. Pedo guy means pedophile. Don't try to split hairs here. This is number one. Number two, yes, you're right. I used the word retarded, but retarded has come is vernacular in our society for not intelligent because of its original meaning. Okay, what is the vernacular for pedophile or pedo guy? Give me an example of what common usage pedo guy has that doesn't involve pedophilia. And number three, when people said, what the fuck, he responded by, I'll bet you a signed dollar that it's true. Therefore, doubling yeah, yeah. down. So what are no, you no, he, he, he clearly was like, I want to keep going with, with bashing this guy. I'm just saying like the the pedo guy is the insult and he is slinging that insult at the person intentionally like he would sling douchebag or like he would sling asshole. Like he would sling asshole. And I think the reason he's doing that is because he sees American dude living in Thailand and thinks that that's, you know, descript, uh, sure. a descriptor. So he doesn't he doesn't get to get away scot-free with using using the term pedo guy. And he shouldn't be randomly attacking people. But I think that this was just an insult. I don't think it was. I think this guy's a pedophile. We need to arrest him. But Brent, you're you're playing a circular game here. Like, obviously, it was an insult. But two things. Number one, you're giving him the benefit of the doubt when he doesn't deserve it. Because when he was given the chance to back down, he doubled down. So he clearly meant what he said. And you're trying to do mental backflips to say, well, maybe it meant jerk. And if he would have said jerk, we wouldn't be mad. Right. You're right. If he would have called this guy a jerk or a douche, this wouldn't be a conversation. But he called the guy a pedophile and he doubled down. And then people got outraged. And in order to defend the outrage, you're saying they wouldn't have gotten outrage if he used a different word. That's a not a valuable hypothetical. Like he called somebody a pedophile. Right, so yeah, I think the one, let me get in here real quick, just just briefly. I want to add something, but basically, like I think the the severity of the word pedo pedophilia pedophile is so much greater than any of the words that you're comparing them to that they can't be compared and and the only yeah. thing that's coming to my mind right now is the equivalent of of calling a woman a cunt versus calling her other things that are obviously insulting like 
whether or not you agree that that word is extreme, it's clear in American culture that that's an extreme word. When you choose to use that word, you know that there could be repercussions. There could be consequences. You are aware that you're polarizing people and you're being offensive. I think that there's absolutely no way that you can type even four letters of this word and hit send and just think that this is okay. I don't think it's okay at all. And the problem that I'm having here is bet you a signed dollar. It's true. I have this weird feeling that like he actually does know something somehow, or there might be more to this story. Like that's such a weird response, even from egotistical maniacs, because in a way the way that he said, like bet you a signed dollar. It's true. It, in a very strange way, that's saying to me that like I'm trying to remove my ego from this the best that I can. And even like choosing a dollar is such a small way. I don't know. It's it's a very interesting scenario. And I don't I'll add real quick, Mike, that when when I read that tweet where he said, I bet you a signed dollar that it's true. My reaction was exactly the same. Like, oh, shit, Elon knows about a story about this guy that's going to come out. But that's exactly the point, though. He he not only stigmatized the person, he did it in such a way that many of us are going to assign that Any label. Like skeptic has to leave that door some, open. There's some truth to it now. So it's literally defamation from one of the world's most famous people to a random person because their ego was hurt. All right. So you De- said like, it's defamation, Kareem. You believe one of the consequences he should face is whatever the consequences are of uh, slander or libel, I guess, because it's Twitter. Uh well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what the consequences are, but here's what I said at the time, and I think I stick with it. My response was, I don't think personally that Elon should be fired over this. However, if the board of directors voted him out over this, I also wouldn't have a problem with it because it's an image problem. And he wouldn't be the first CEO of a multi-billion dollar company, which, by the way, is highly dependent on image because at the end of the day... Tesla's underlying value is not because of how many cars they're selling. It's not because of their, you know, book to value ratio or how many assets they have. It's literally almost 100% on image and expectation. So they probably can't fire Elon because he's a huge part of that. But if they did, if the board of directors decided, holy shit, you're going so crazy publicly that it's actually hurting us more than it's helping us, and they voted him out, I wouldn't have a problem with it. However, I don't think that he needs to lose his job because of this. But should he face outrage? Should people be angry? Should he regret it? Like, should he feel say, feel enough repercussion that he thinks about what he says next time he tweets? Yes, hey, I he's do. apologized for for the record. So you know, I, I that he's already done that. But so you're saying the consequences should be should be social in nature, not financial in nature. But you would support well, financial the financial consequences. Like if this guy sued him and won a lawsuit, of course I would support. I if this guy sues Elon Musk and says he publicly bashed me for something that's not true with no evidence, and Elon doesn't have any evidence, a hundred percent Elon should be dishing out a lot of money because he used this platform right, to smear. So you somebody. believe that this tweet that he just angrily tweeted out should cost him millions of dollars. I don't know about millions of dollars, but he loses. That's what he's going to lose in a lawsuit, like, unless the judge does a symbolic yeah. one dollar, like makes him sign a dollar and give it to him. But that would <laughs> yeah, be funny right. if, 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 if if somebody with a really large platform decides to say that you're a pedophile, then they have a chance to back down, and then they follow through by saying, "No, seriously, he is, and I can prove it." And then That's you sue them, said. and a lot of people That's what think he said it all. That is what he said. That is what he no, said. No, he said I'll bet you a dollar is true. Not that he can prove it. There's a big difference between saying he has proof and not. 
You can't just make right, that up. Brent, I understand. That's, that's way worse no, than okay. me substituting he's asshole betting, for pedo guy. He's betting with the he's betting with the assumption of winning. I consider that. I bet you a signed dollar is true is signaling that you that have he thinks evidence. it's greater than fifty one percent true. Yeah, that's exactly what it means. Not that you have an instinct. I don't. I make bets on shit but I don't have what, evidence about whatever. all the time. I'm trying to bet that Charles Brent, Hoskinson listen. isn't going to be on Twitter, and I have no evidence to back that up. All right. Okay, but I don't I don't understand what your point is because this isn't even about Twitter. Like this is already proven law in basically any developed nation. If you have a platform and you go and lie about somebody, especially when it's illegal activity and it's not true, you can get sued and lose money. Are you saying that you disagree with like that entire history of like libel and slander uh, law? Is that not appropriate now because it's on social no, media? No, I think I think that slander and libel laws should apply. I don't think you should lose this case. If there was a case, I don't think I I don't I don't think it's like. Like I said, if he called him an asshole, we wouldn't be here. And he said pedo guy, and then he came out and said, look, I wasn't saying he was a pedophile. Like, I'm sorry. I don't cream, think he I is. Cream. I actually, curious, curious on your take on a question that I have. Wow. Let's pretend we don't, obviously we don't know who this guy is. What do you think are the, the range of outcomes that this guy is going to suffer as a result of this? And obviously that's a tough question to answer. But what, like, I'm trying to think if somebody random that I knew was called out by elon musk i like i feel like most of the time my response would be just kind of like that's super weird like that's random i don't know like it seems like such a bizarre story that even like friends and family just they might be like is this true but how how many serious repercussions can he really have from this in your opinion well but mike friends and family like everybody whose friends and family learned about this and you've been in thailand for two years you're not saying that it would make you a little uncomfortable that there's now a major rumor going around that you're a pedophile okay I agree. That's emotional distress. But how do we measure that? How do we measure that? That's that's for the court to decide. That's why when that's why when Brent's asking me, do I think he should lose millions of dollars? I have no idea. I don't know how many libel cases there are. I don't know if the right amount is always make good decisions, right? They make better. (laughs) They make better decisions than just talking it out. Like at least they have to try to prove it. It's a jury, whatever. Look, I don't understand. Like I don't agree with Brent fundamentally that this is an interchangeable word. Like there are some words that are interchangeable and some not. I agree. Being an asshole, being called an asshole and being called a jerk does not have the same social repercussions as being called pedo guy. What if he called him I'm sorry, it just doesn't. Yeah, there's a spectrum. Obviously, there's a spectrum. I I would not have as much of an issue That's significantly lower on the spectrum, but does exist. Elon, if he called him that, Elon would have probably had to face major backlash from the LGBT community, incorrectly so. So it's all, you're offending different people, and I understand that, but you can't just say, well, if you just change the word, it would be different. Therefore, it doesn't matter what Kareem, the word you're is. You're doing this thing where you're we, attacking the weakest part of his argument, and you're just hanging on to it, even though we're well past that part. Well, and you called him out for that earlier in another he just, episode. He just brought it up yeah. again. He, he literally I, just I switched brought it the word up again. to something else to to be more illustrative. So if if he had called him a faggot instead of a pedo guy, LGBT community has issues with this, right? Uh, like there are theoretical consequences to. And then he says, "No, no, I bet she is gay or whatever," and and doubles down and does the same thing. Like maybe maybe that's bad for him. Maybe his family members are now like, "Wait, are you gay?" Like I don't know. It's still a poor example because you doubled the way you doubled down was by adding a stronger word like that that. That doesn't Wait, apply. No, look, okay, it, sorry. I bet, you I bet can't it was have true. an argument. Look, Brent, here's the bottom line that I'm trying to make. You can't have an argument about how people feel about statements 
by making the example of let's just change it with a word that's totally unrelated but offensive. Therefore, I think that they're swappable. No, words mean something. Words carry different amount of power. The N-word has particular power that other words don't. And if somebody uses the N-word and then they just say, oh, well, what if I changed that? And instead of that, I would have said cracker. Well, yeah, cracker's a little bit, uh, it's offensive to white people, but it doesn't have the same power socially that the N-word does. And to try to pretend that they do and swap them like it's a puzzle is pointless because then we're ignoring the underlying, if we're talking about rage culture or outrage culture, we have to ask, why are people being outraged? Well, here people are outraged because he accused somebody of one of the things that we consider is the worst in our society. Like, even in prison, you will get destroyed for that one thing. How can you replace it? Well, what if you had called him a jerk? Well, what if? We wouldn't even be having this conversation. But we're talking about him calling him a pedo guy. Yeah, he called him pedo guy. He didn't call him pedophile. There is a difference. You're telling me the difference in words matters. Pedo guy and pedophile are very different. Can you explain that difference? To the me? connotation that you just explained—the difference between racial cracker and nigger are both no, can racial you just slurs, to me what, but there can is you, a clear difference between the two. What does pedo sure. guy mean to you, Brent? Pedo, yeah, pedo guy is an I insult. I thought him pedophile. Pedo guy is an insult. Like pedophile what is, yeah, is specifically mean, somebody who has molested children. Pedo guy to me, if somebody says that in a vacuum, guy I with, think the guy looks like a pedophile, and he's looking at a picture of him. Like I've probably said that about people. Like I, this is all. You're not Elon Musk though, and yeah, you're not on this Twitter. Is all like, super these are way different. Because like, if I'm in, like, if you go back and look at all my social media history, and I was the CEO of a company, I'd be fucked. But the, uh, like that, yeah. There's a difference in connotation between pedophile and pedo guy. There just is. The same way there's a difference in connotation between different racial slurs. Second question then: When Elon said, "I bet you a signed dollar that it's true," what do you think he was referring to? What he was referring to pedo guy. But what? When he's saying, I bet you a dollar that it's true, what do you think he was referring to? But that, uh, probably that he was a pedophile. Oh, okay. So stop trying to split hairs to win the argument and under and like ignore the reality that he called him a pedophile. And then he immediately you took know it he down did. and he said he was sorry. Like, I don't understand. No, 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 no. He immediately said, I bet you a dollar that then it's true. Then he immediately and deleted it as soon as he called it down. Like, does why? he deserve to lose millions of dollars because he was pissed off and called this a Time pedophile? Out. Time out. Time out. Why did he take it down? What, because he knew it was wrong. Because he knew it that's was wrong the, or because okay, he experienced massive outrage? That's the point of outrage culture. The problem that I have is that when somebody's like, ah, fuck, I shouldn't have said that, they don't get to take it back. That's it. It's done. Everybody is going to paste that and retweet it and go ape shit about it for the rest of life because they said it and they were like, oh, shit. You know how many times I've said to somebody something that I was like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have said that. I've said it to both of you. Like... The stakes are so much lower for you. You are not, you don't have the same responsibilities as life to investors to all these things. The, the more you reason, have, the more the, you have to lose. The same I don't reason, understand why that Brent, seems. Brent, yeah. Great example. You've said in on this podcast many times if you are an ICO and you raise money, you have different responsibilities to the community because you are in you are in response holding and managing money for many investors, often people you don't even know. In my opinion, this is very similar. When you are the head of something so powerful, so big, and honestly very technologically advanced, you have a responsibility to your investors, to your company, to the world, in my opinion, to handle yourself in a respectful way that can be seen in public. By the way, just a funny side comment. I think that the top uh, definition in Urban Dictionary was literally written by Brent or somebody heard this conversation already and put it up real quick. Because listen, I was like, all right, what does pedo guy mean? And the top definition is like, it's an abbreviation for the word torpedo. 
Sometimes divers in Thailand who rescue young soccer teams from caves believe it means pedophile, but that's not the case. <laughs> and then they have a fake conversation and it says, person one, sorry, pedo guy, you really did ask for it. Person two, did you just call me a pedophile? Person one, no, it's short for torpedo. You swim really fast. Person two, oh, my bad. Thank you. You're a true gentleman. <laughs> person one. And you, sir, are a true pedo. <laughs> torpedo. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Uh, Interesting. But listen, listen. He, one more point that I think does has have to be differentiated. Number one is there's a difference between the outrage culture of people getting mad on Twitter over what he said and the consequences. If this guy sued Elon like a defamation lawsuit and won, and let's say he got half a million dollars, that's not outrage culture. That's that's our law system. Twitter just happened to be the medium, and it would have been no different than if that guy said, hey, listen, this guy on this newspaper or on this op-ed. So that's yeah, not outrage culture. They have a non-zero effect on it, depending on whether the judge had seen it. Yeah, but when would public outrage not have an effect on a defamation case? Well, that, well okay. That's so literally what it's about. You can't take it out, then. You can't just pretend it doesn't have a part of it if it always affects it. But are you... St- but are you saying that like defi- – but that's not part of quote-unquote outrage culture. You believe outrage culture is a new thing that is like part of like, for example, Twitter culture. And what I'm saying is public outrage about people's actions has always been a thing to an extent. It's literally part of our society. And when it comes to something like defamation, of course it would play a role. The question is, is there like – that's separate, like right. whether or not Elon pays a price yeah, for that. Well, the the point the point about outrage culture and why I think it's such a problem is because of how real the consequences have become so quickly for things that people say when they're upset. Like James Gunn, he did, actually he didn't even say it. Like the he said it years ago, but he was fired as soon as uh, as soon as Disney got a hold of that. Like the they, and the reason is they don't want everyone targeting them the James with, Gunn thing. Out, with outrage. So. Let's move on to the James Gunn thing. And I do think that there's some angles that you didn't know about, which have less to do with quote unquote outrage culture and more with like targeted. Okay. But okay. Right, explain so the story. From what I, from what I understand with, with James Gunn is, and, and I kind of, what's interesting is I like this a little bit and I only like it in the same way that I liked seeing Trump elected. Like this is a consequence of the way things are, the way things are going. Like the fact that you snap fire somebody as soon as one of this, as soon as something like this happens, uh, a conservative group was intentionally targeted him by unearthing like old offensive tweets that he made when he was more of a comedian, when he was directing like shitty movies. Not even shit. They were actually good. Like I like Slither, which, but like most people haven't even seen it. Uh, the, you know, it, he was, these are, these are happening when he was intentionally being raunchy. Like this is, this is like, you know, somebody who's voicing Rick. Uh, uh, actually, I wrote that down. Dan Harmon uh, saying like something raunchy, and they dug it up. So what the, what he had said in like 2012 was, "I like little boys when little boys touch me in my silly place." And then a little bit later, he said, "The best thing about being raped is when you're done being raped." And it's like, "Woo, this feels great. I'm not being raped." And <laughs> see, it's funny. Like he was, it is a little it bit funny. funny. I agree. It's offensive as fuck, but it's funny. And he was, he said these like forever ago. This conservative group, like went and targeted him because they didn't I think they I like they didn't like that he was anti-Trump because he was like a uh, he was very uh, liberal mm-hmm. so they went and found these started making a big deal about it it got picked up by Fox News and then Disney was like oh shit and snap fired him he was just like he's gone he's been fired for this before by Disney 
they fired him forever ago when he like originally did the tweets for something else he was working on and then got past it hired him again and then they got like somebody dug him up they're like ah that's it you're done you're done so uh more interesting stuff is celebrities are deleting tons of tweets there were a bunch of social blade links which social blade tracks your twitter followers and stuff and you can see just like these massive dips in the number of tweets that celebrities have out because they're all just like fuck like i don't know what thing that i've said in the past that was definitely offensive is going to come back and get me fired from my job it's time to get rid of all this stuff. Like Dan Harmon had said something about raping a baby that everybody started freaking out about. And and he got rid of it. Luckily enough, people like Rick and Morty that they calmed the fuck down and didn't get him fired. But uh, yeah, this is – so this is um, – you know, while I knew we would definitely be divisive on Elon because me and Kareem had already argued with each other about that. And that's why I included it. I thought it would be <laughs> fun for you guys to see us have an argument on the air. We don't always agree even though a lot of times we're on the same page as the podcast. I don't know. I feel like this one we probably won't. But Kareem said he had more to add to this story. So what do you got? No, no. We're on the same page. And one of the things that I was going to mention is that this wasn't organic. That, and that's one of the things that I wanted to point out. This, It is, I agree with you, uh, it condemns the current environment where everybody's so hypersensitive that a lot of, for example, executives will pull the trigger quickly as a public relations thing. But this wasn't... Twitter, like just honestly, oh, he said something and everybody responded. No, this was a guy named Mike Cernovich, the conservative, specifically targeting him, going through his tweets and doing a media campaign where he was asking his followers to help him to get him fired. This is the guy that was behind Pizzagate. The one that said that John Podesta was having this whole, it's the same guy. And by the way, some of his real tweets, just so you see the hypocrisy, he actually once tweeted out that being raped by an alpha male was different than not being raped by an alpha male, but that we didn't understand that because we've gone too soft as a culture. The fuck? So this is this guy's mentality. He also said as a joke that, oh, something about how many people Trayvon Martin raped, and then he said, just kidding, they killed him before he could rape anybody. So this guy's an actual racist, sexist POS, and he was doing a targeted campaign against James Gunn to try to get him fired, digging up all this other stuff, which was clearly comedy, which was clearly like tongue in cheek. And Disney overreacted. And part of the reason, by the way, that Disney overreacted, and I know that this is a separate tangent, is because they're basically the same people that fired Roseanne because Disney owes everything. They own everything. So now you have this entire entertainment umbrella that is all having to act cohesively and having to defend their decisions when it really shouldn't even be that way in the first place. I guarantee you that the Roseanne firing played a role in this decision because not quote unquote firing him could be seen as, oh, I guess we're only firing right wingers like Roseanne when she's being blatantly racist and not left wingers when quote unquote they're, you know, tweets from five years ago or whatever. So... There's all kinds of, you know, intertwining things here. I don't think that this firing was justified, so we're not going to disagree as much as you think. But the only, I guess, added layer, this is something that I've been thinking about for a long time, is now that social media has existed for a while, we're getting closer and closer to the point where anybody who's a big name has just literally years worth of public content. Politicians running for office in a few years. Like, we're going to get to the point where... When somebody's running for office or running a company, we know what they said on Facebook when they were 13, right? So 
there's going to be like an adjustment period where some people are too sensitive. Some people are going to learn that they can't share everything. Uh, we're like just at a weird moment where it's a new thing. This has never happened before where I could see everything you said for the last decade. I couldn't agree more. And I've considered myself, you know, do I need to go back and change something? Even with this podcast, as simple as that was, well, now there's going to be a few more eyes on us and that holds responsibilities. Like I am very, you know, well known with these guys. I don't mind saying things that are completely ridiculous. If I were a comedian, I would easily be making these types of jokes because I like to push the limits. I like to be extreme. It's fun. It's amusing for me. Um, the problem that I have here more than anything else is where do you draw the line between being human, being emotional, having a bad day, and real world consequences? And I know this is what Brent was touching on earlier, but I don't have a right answer because the responsibilities don't fall the same way on different individuals. Do you guys have any opinions on that? So I, I think that we definitely established a line where, where I think all three of us can agree. James Gunn should not have been fired. Roseanne should have been fired. And we clearly disagree vehemently in the middle, which is a lot of where like the the topology of rage comes from. There's a there was a thing that I read about that a long time ago. I don't know if that's like a book, but it was I, I was reading like a thing. But it was interesting where the stuff that we get really ragey about is the stuff that is close. Like it's the stuff that you can argue on both sides. So what's interesting is I don't like people are arguing that Roseanne's okay. That was what Roseanne said was okay, which is ridiculous. But Tommy Laren said, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? This is not okay. Like, And she's as ridiculous as it gets. So at least some people got past their divisive conservative and liberal thing and saw that this was just bad. So I hate I hate that it feels like we are, because we've mentioned that we don't like, don't like the president, I hate that it feels like James Gunn was a, a liberal and Roseanne was a conservative and we're saying she should be fired, he should not. I didn't do enough research on the rest of it, but... Um, I don't. I don't care their political backgrounds. Your actions have consequences. Period. Yeah. Well. But yeah. But where? But where should they be? And when should they be? When should they be instituted? So, like I said, I don't think Elon Musk should lose millions of dollars because he was pissed off and tweeting. Uh, the president pissed off and tweeting all the time. He's just done so much that it doesn't matter anymore. Okay. Well, it looks like Mike's headphones are out. Okay. Yep. All right. We lost. <laughs> we lost Mike. We're at the end of the episode anyway, I guess. But um, uh, th- just the the parting thoughts there in now. We're going to bring this back around to crypto a little bit. Here's a, Real quick, though, Brent, before you move on, because I do want to make a distinction. I agree with you. One of the questions is, okay, so why are we saying Roseanne, yes, you know, James Gunn, no. And one of the points that I want to make is it's not so much that I think Roseanne should be fired over her tweet, if that makes sense. It's that I believe that the outrage over Roseanne's tweet I respect ABC's decision to fire her because she pissed off such a huge percentage of the audience. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, it's not like I think a racist comment should get you fired, um, probably with the exception of public service, to be honest with you. So ultimately, I think Tesla gets to decide who runs their company or not, whether or not they're saying offensive things. And I think ABC should be able to decide who directs their movies or who directs their shows or who starts in their shows. Every business should have that right. I think that you really you only get to more constrictive scenarios when you're talking about public service. Um, so here, yeah, I don't personally think that James Gunn should have been fired. And I do personally think that Roseanne would have been fired. But I would have respected the business's decision to go either way in either case, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, well, we can. Uh, you can have an opinion about it with while still respecting that a business can do whatever they want to do. Like, I, yeah, I'm not gonna right. be. I'm not gonna be uh, protesting out front of Disney Studios if they, you know, and telling them you better not make Star Wars if you don't hire James Gunn back to do Guardians of the Galaxy. I will tell you that those two shows right. were two, or those two movies were two of my favorite of the Marvel movies because they were so different and so like you know the Marvel standard superhero movies get a little bit stale although they're all pretty good like the Guardians of the Galaxy were very unique in how he approached them and they were easily up there with my top three of the Marvel movies so or maybe top five and similarly by the way even though I would never really watch Roseanne especially after that comment I'd just be like wow I guess she is super racist I also wouldn't like boycott abc because they didn't fire her you know what i yeah. mean like i would just be like okay whatever just have a racist as one of your flagship shows that's yeah, your and, decision and i do feel like i've always felt like you know if i if i was running a business where a bunch of people were tweeting i would say look your your twitter is your own i would make a policy right out front that said i don't care what you say on social media it's never going to affect your job but at the same time then if somebody went and did what roseanne does i would want to violate that policy so it's very strange like it's uh i i don't I, I don't know where the spectrum is. Again, I don't think Elon should lose millions of dollars for his tweet. I I don't think Charles deserved the backlash that he got. Hopefully that just calms down. But one last question, Brent. Are you saying that like I mean I, I are you saying that you don't agree that it was slander or that you don't believe slander should be penalized monetarily? No, I just don't I do not think he was actually making an accusation. I think he was just calling the guy a name. Now, like you said, he doubled down or whatever, and that could probably actually be used in court to prove it. I just think he was pissed off and he was going on and on. I say stuff when I'm pissed off all the time that, like, when I look at it the next day, I'm like, eh, that could uh, that, nope. And, and then I might even just defend it. I, I can vouch for that. I could definitely vouch yeah. for that. So, um, <laughs> all right. Well, we are we are going on um, hour forty here, so I think. Yeah, sorry we lost Mike. We can that's, see that's him a- trying to like finish whatever is. Yeah, he doesn't know that we're getting ready to sign off yeah, over here. He's like trying to get back. You need to get the outro music ready? Get the outro yeah, music yeah. ready? All right. Are you back, Mike? No, he's not back yet. Oh, well, he turned off the Yeah, he turned oh, off the mic. No, I'm he back. back. <laughs> ah, I did. I muted the mic. I didn't want my background noise coming in. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> no, we're no, actually saying goodbye. Yeah, no, we're <laughs> No, I, I was oh. just I just wanted to play that just the the we we were we were signing off. We were saying, "Oh, Mike's almost back. We saw him come back into the video and we were about to sign off." So I, want, just, I just uh, want to comment on how lucky it is that I have a backup pair of headphones in Kansas City, Missouri. I mean, like, how good <laughs> am I right now? Yeah, you should have known this episode was going to go for an hour and 40 minutes. You should have just known. You that. know what I'm going to say? And is, charged your batteries yeah, accordingly. Something tells me roundtable episodes are going to be I'm really, really hoping long, that's I can tell. the case. <laughs> yep. All right. So for the Crypto Basic podcast, which just talked about more Twitter than they talked about crypto, I'm Brent Philbin. I just want to say... I'm outraged that this was the topic. This yeah, is guys, outrageous. we need some better topics. I just, yeah, you can pick the topic next week. How yeah. about that? How about that? Well, this is just, I'm outraged. That's all I want to say. <laughs> I feel like I should have a bad baby drop. As, as as we've like mentioned her a couple times, I should have the how about that drop. <laughs> That's what, Look for that in the future. Remember when Brett tried to go viral with that? Wait, what was that video where the lady was? Oh, that's my tip. Oh my, don't, don't even. This no, was the most oh ridiculous God, no. Brett thing I can remember with the podcast. I can't. <laughs> I don't even remember that story, but whatever. No, it was just this this girl like I that read it was like all over. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Hold on, Brent. <laughs> Outro. I'm going to keep the video recording. This story goes on Patreon. Oh, all right. 
The members of the Crypto Basic Podcast are not financial advisors. It's just Brent being outraged about totally normal things and Kareem and Mike being reasonable. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Bye.